Chimera by Phil Gong. Read by Dan Snellgrove. Chapter 7 The Bedrock Catacombs. Kip opened his eyes to near darkness. He dropped into a tunnel, his fall broken by something springy and soft. Ahead of him, there was faint yellow light, little brighter than a candle. He shook his head, as if clearing his ears of water. The green light was gone, but not quite yet. The happiness it had given him, which persisted just long enough for Kip to feel more lost and alone than ever. Atticus had lied to him. All this time he'd been working for her, befriending him, protecting him, caring for him the way a farmer cares for a Christmas turkey. I should have known better than to trust him. To trust anyone. Kip thought about the mum and dad who weren't. He thought about the moment. They pushed their way into his room and dragged him out of his house forever. Yes, he should have known better. Somewhere above his head was the shaft he'd fallen down. He couldn't see it so much as feel it, a strong draught bringing with it the old lady smell of the dowager miasma. <gasps> A single horrible thought got Kip on his feet and moving along the tunnel. If the miasma could find its way down here, so too could the Oblivion Three. The tunnel led into a much larger cave, its walls, ceiling and floor formed from old stained mattresses in different prints and patterns. Dim orangey light was given out by an assortment of bedside lights, sprouting toadstool-like from the floor and walls. On the far side of the cave was the entrance to another. Kip continued towards it. The bouncy floor meant his strides were long and buoyant, and with each new leap, his weight squirted geezers of goose feathers high into the air. He wasn't far from the entrance to the second cave when a loud rattling noise began, a sound like pebbles turning over in a wave. He looked back to see a swarm of crab-like creatures pushing their way out between the patterned slabs of mattresses and come scuttling after him. The creatures had improbably large pincers, which they clacked together like castanets. He remembered what the mannequin had told him about this place. Kip knew at once what these awful things must be. Toe biters! He bounded into the next cave, propelling himself onwards in great leaps. He would have been out of the second cave and well into the next, had a sudden cry not halted him. Certain the exclamation had come from somewhere close by, Kip scanned the cave. It was empty, but soon wouldn't be. The toe-biters had made it as far as the second cave, rattling across the floor towards him. The cry sounded again, and this time 
Kip was certain. It was Atticus. Kip looked to the cave wall, just in time to see the head of the sock snake disappear into a crack between two gaudy flower print mattresses. His head reappeared a second later, Atticus gasping. Anchor snatchers! <sighs> Kip's first instinct was to help him, but he hesitated. Was this just another of the Moppet Drover's tricks? In front of Kip was the way out into the next cavern. At his back, the surging army of toe biters. Whatever it was he was going to do, he was going to have to do it now. Decision made, he ran to the cave wall, or tried to, for wrapped around the bottom of his leg was a clutch of long grey fingers. Twenty or thirty digits fused together like a bristling starfish. Kip's revulsion turned to panic as the horrid thing of fingers began dragging him away towards the wall on the opposite side of the cave, where more of its kind wormed their way out of the mattresses. He tried to scrape the creature off his leg using his other foot, but succeeded only in tripping himself over. Flat on his stomach now, Kip was lugged backwards by the monstrous knot of digits. A single toe-biter which had scuttled ahead of the swarm, snapped at Kip's face and hands. As it turned to rejoin the others, Kip picked up the creature by the back of its shell and thrust it at the ankle snatcher entangling his feet. The toe biter took some of the ankle snatcher's fingers in its claws and with an awful crunching sound, scissored them off. The ankle snatcher released Kip at once, who threw down the toe-biter, jumped to his feet and sprinted back to the wall into which Atticus had disappeared. Atticus! Kip shouted. In here. Where? Here. Where? Here! Atticus appeared out of a fissure directly in front of Kip, only for a mass of grey fingers to wrap themselves around his head and tug the sock snake back inside. Kip buried his arm inside the crack, it felt disgusting in there, like shoving his hand into a box of damp tarantulas. Ooh. At last, his fingers closed around something, and with gritted teeth, Kip pulled as hard as he could. Atticus came free with a noise like a cork leaving a bottle, but there was no time for either of them to recover their breath. More ankle snatchers came scrambling out of the wall and the legion of toe-biters was almost upon them. What now? cried Kip, gathering Atticus's baggy coils into his arms. Into the walls, Atticus muttered feebly. Are you crazy? I've just pulled you out. We've no choice. As the toe-biters surrounded them, clicking their cruel-looking pincers, Kip saw he was right. Shoving his hands between two mattresses, he forced them apart. Unseen ankle snatchers grabbed Kip's wrists and dragged them both into the cavern wall. Sandwiched between a compress of bed springs, Kip thought he was going to suffocate. In the hot, airless dark, the ankle snatchers pulled and prodded him. They put their long, clammy fingers in his ears, up his nose, and rifled through his pockets. They pulled at his hair, 
Kip wanted to scream, but he didn't dare open his mouth. At last, he felt the squash of mattresses give way as the ankle snatchers pulled him out into a dimly illuminated cave. That done, the creatures dropped to the floor and crawled away quickly into the walls. Kip sank to his knees. Atticus gathered around his neck and shoulders like a scarf. He tried to get up, but the atmosphere in the cave was hot and airless. If he could only keep his eyes from closing...